The 401st episode of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Wins Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest prices guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. And we're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code DGEN, D-E-G-E-N. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with code DGEN. Howdy, hello, DeGeneritos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 401, the highway I'll be driving on very shortly. This episode goes out to Mr. and Mrs. Vreeland. Happy anniversary, Mr. and Mrs. Vreeland. Uh, sounds like you had a wonderful day. Uh, thank you for coming to the show, and I am back, baby, Jeff Chalks Fox, not just back in yours, but back with on the winning track, 19 and 6 over the past two weeks, so... Back to, to where I belong. It helped that last night was extremely, extremely chalky, but it, myself and my co-host also hit a big fat dog. So uh, this episode is all about UFC 292. We will recap the action last night. I'll bring in that co-host of mine that I just mentioned. It's one and only Gumby God, Daniel Breland. Hello. And I didn't do terribly bad either. I, I do have to toot my own horn. Eight and four. Nope, you did good not, too. Not a bad night. I will say... Uh, also the really disappointing part of it is the couple of other dogs I had penciled in there were razor close fights, right. And, and look like they could possibly, yep. uh, edge them out. So the dogs, you're right. The dogs weren't barking, but there were, uh, a lot of opportunities for them to, and just missed by, you know, a pinch here or there. The judges were not on your side last night, Gumby. You know, I don't think that's there. Like, one fight I could see being swayed the other way. Um, but outside of, like, outside of the Blackshear-Batista fight, which I thought Blackshear could have won the first two rounds, um, you know, none of the other judges, I think, like, you know, effed me over. You know, like, no, nobody's out here saying Pedro Munoz really won that fight. I think he really won the first round. But, like, you know, second and third were probably Cheetos. Um, you know, I, I got the Petrosky decision. I don't know how anybody scored that fight for Mearshart. That was wild. Um, so, like, apart from, you know, being a little bit questionable on the uh, the Blackshear one, I think the judges, with the exception of the fact that, like, they've got some really wonky scorecards in there, um, like somebody scoring any of the rounds for Amanda Lemos is just one of the wildest yep. things in the world. Apart from like the occasional wonky scorecard, the right people won all of the fights, I think. Yeah, the Blackshear one, I was surprised by, especially 30-27. Um, but there wasn't any out and out robberies. Uh, at the, the fights were close. Um, the media had Blackshear, as did, as did the fans, but fans don't know anything, Dan. Media knows everything, obviously. Um, and then the, I think Vera Munoz, most media had Munoz. No, maybe not. I can't remember if if the media mostly had, looks like, yeah, the media mostly had Muno, Munoz in that one as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you out and tell you that you were robbed, but you, you don't want to hear it. Yeah, well, and, and so again, it, it feels like we're finding 
uh, different people to F things up every time, like new judges <laughs> who we can get more mad at because like, who is the, the guy with the funny name who, who messed things up for us a few weeks ago? I can't remember what his name was now. We named an episode after him. They always talk about him. Yeah. They always talk about him in the uh, discord too. Um, I don't remember names. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, whatever his name was. Everyone's our, screaming now though. Our, our new one is our the new one is, are screaming at their podcast. Our new one is Nick Mahmood, uh, because Nick Mahmood last night was the guy who gave the fourth round to uh, Amanda Lemos, scored any round for Amanda Lemos, uh, which is wild to me. And he scored that Vera uh, Munoz fight 30-27 for Vera. He gave Vera literally every single round, which no media member did. You know, like the, there were there were some media members who had Vera twenty nine twenty eight, including Sean Sheehan, who I I generally trust his scorecards. You know, I thought Munoz won the first and second. You know, come to think of it, you know, he clearly didn't win the third, the second definitely, or the first rather. There there was an argument there for Vera, but uh, yeah, I just uh, especially because there wasn't a lot of action in the early parts of the first, just leg kicks. Um, so depending on how you you judge that jab, I could see that round going for Vera. But like, man, yeah, you can't score all three for him. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but like I said, no, no out and out robbery. So that's in this sport. That's that's basically all, all you can ask for. Um, so this obviously was UFC 292 down last night in the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Don't have I don't see attendance or gate, but it was a raucous crowd, Dan. Early too. though they were packed yeah. for like the second or third fight. Yes, yes, they were roaring from the get-go. Um, let's see, I'm looking for attendance. No, I, I don't see attendance. Uh, first thing that came up is Mackenzie Dern breaks hearts showing up at UFC 292. How, why did she break hearts, Dan? I, I have no idea. They showed her in on the, the yeah, she, sideline for a second. <laughs> oh, because she, she has a new man. Uh, okay, that, that's it. Everyone <laughs> okay. must... Everyone must have thought they had a chance at her, but but now they don't because there's some random guy with her apparently. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, that there you go. All right, let's uh, go to the main event. This one, uh, I got the main event, and I got the the curtain jerker wrong. That was it. The rest of it, it was a clean sweep. Sean O'Malley. I guess this wasn't the total shock. We weren't expecting him to win, but if he was going to win, this was the way he was going to win. Stunned uh, Aljamain Sterling on the feet and then finished them on the ground. TKO punches 51 seconds into round two. We were both in on Sterling, but it seems a lot of money was coming in on O'Malley. Yeah, I, um, it's interesting. Cause you're right. This, this is the outlet we saw to O'Malley winning, but I actually think he impressed me even more, um, than I thought he was going to in this case. Cause I thought he was going to kind of like take charge with his striking. And if he did happen to crack him before he got a takedown or at the beginning of a round that might happen, but he really did a masterful job of like maintaining like really large distance, letting Aljamain Sterling rush in and not necessarily countering him. Like if you watch most of that first round, he lets Aljamain Sterling kind of like throw wildly and, and he just kind of like circles away or throws something small or like, you know, gets a feel for what Aljamain Sterling does. And he lets him do it two or three times without punishing him for it. And I think he just lulled. Aljamain Sterling into thinking like, oh, if I just rush him, he's got no answer. And it was just that he was lining that answer up with the perfect minute to unleash it. Um, And that I think is like maybe the most impressive part about what Sean O'Malley did here is just that like he, it wasn't just a performance with his hands. It was a performance with his mind 
Um, and I say that as somebody who didn't pick him and typically, you know, uh, and, and I'll say this, I, I still don't think he's probably the best Bantamweight in the world. Like he, he deserves to be the champ. He's not a fluky champ by any chance, stretch of the imagination. Sometimes that's just how fighting goes. But at the end of the day, if you're telling me like, do you think he's better than Piotr Jan? No, I don't think he's better than Piotr Jan. I think Piotr Jan is way better than him. I think he beat him when they fought recently. Do I think he's better than Aljamain Sterling? No, at the end of the day, probably not. I think Aljamain Sterling, given a rematch, probably doesn't rush in like that, which is, of course, why Aljamain Sterling wasn't committed to still going up to featherweight after saying he was 99% sure that this would be his last fight at featherweight. You mentioned rematch. I, I didn't really hear a lot of talk about rematch. Is there talk about rematch? I don't Even think that? so. I, I don't think so. So when they asked Aljamain Sterling, what's next for him? Are you definitely going up to featherweight? Like you talked about, you know, Rogan asked him that right in the cage. He said, you know, I, I think I have to, to think about some things. I have to go back and reflect because he did something to me in here that I didn't think could be done to me. And if he can hit me like this, imagine what Volkanovsky would do to me. Um, and he said it literally just like that. Imagine what Volkanovsky would do to me if this is what Sean O'Malley can do. And he's got a great point, right? Like if, if Volkanovsky... If you're going to go up in weight and give the strength advantage to Alexander Volkanovsky, and let's face it, probably a wrestling advantage to Alexander Volkanovsky, like you you can't be able to be popped like that because because Volkanovsky will put a masterclass on you. So he said, I got to reflect on some things. Maybe he's rethinking, should I go up? Am I going to be able to handle, you know, the power punchers up at it? that weight class? Which, to be fair, not a ton of power punchers up there, right? Like we think of Tapuria. You know, he's not, he doesn't really have to worry about Josh Emmett. He'll probably be retired by the time he gets up there. Holloway's not a power puncher. He's like a volume and damage puncher. And to an extent, same thing with Volkanovsky, right? Not a power puncher. You know, Korean zombies, not really that. And, you know, like there's not a ton of, I guess, Yair Rodriguez, maybe. There's not a ton of power guys up there. So it's, that's not really the issue. But like, just wondering, is that the right move for him? And then also saying, yeah, I, I think in the back of his mind, he's like, should I get another crack at this? If this sold crazy pay-per-view numbers, is Dana going to want to back the truck back up to have me run it back? And and I'll just be honest. If it does crazy pay-per-view numbers, at no point in time is Dana White going to be like, man, Aljo really popped that number. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, definitely. Um, it, also, what could be playing into this is if uh, there's O'Malley actually said himself that he wants to fight. Cheeto Vera next. Um, so if, if Aljo's friend and teammate Marab Devalishvili isn't is going to get the next title shot, then maybe Aljo will say, "No, I'll stick around. I want a rematch." He might. I don't know if he'll get it. Um, and I, I think the UFC is going to do Cheeto versus uh, O'Malley next, which I think is the wrong move. Um, I think there are yep. two. I think there are two people more deserving than Cheeto Vera. Not one. Two people. More deserving than Cheeto Vera. Uh, Marab de deserves the fight. Um, they should do Marab. It, it would get hype on him being the Revenger. It would. He stole the jacket. Don't forget the jacket. Um, he, he stole the, the jacket. jacket. Yeah, don't forget the jacket. He stole the jacket. Um, there's hype there to be made too. I think that's probably the right fight. Um, but also, and, and they're never going to give it to Corey Sanhagen. God, does Corey Sanhagen maybe deserve that fight? And I'll tell you yeah, what. For sure. I think the reason Corey Sanhagen for sure does not get this fight is because I think Corey Sanhagen is probably his worst nightmare right now. Um, he's long. 
He's a great striker. And as he showed in his last fight, he can blend his striking and his wrestling together damn near flawlessly. Uh, and is a menace when it comes to that, as Rob Font found out. So, like, and he's done five rounds how many times now? You know, like, he, he's in five-round fights all the time. He fought Dillashaw yeah. for five. He fought uh, Piotr Jan for five. He fought uh, Rob Font just now for five. Like, he's fought five a bunch of times. Like, that that's Sean O'Malley's worst nightmare. Because he showed now, you know, Aljo got in on only one takedown, right? Like, he only got on the legs one time. Adequate defense, right? Adequate defense. Would it hold up over the 39 attempts Murad Devalishvili would have to make? Maybe, maybe not. But, like, also, it's not like he's sitting there wondering if Murab is going to crack him with a right hand. Whereas, like, with, with Corey Sanningham, he might have to worry about all that. Yep. Very, very true. So, things are interesting in Bantamweight. Um, yeah, it, it, would, it would fit right into the, the whole Aljo thing if, if he doesn't get a rematch. Every champ who loses, especially long-term chance to lose get rematches but aljo well would be the one who would get skipped over because everyone seems to not give the man any respect so getting knocked out by um sean o'malley i guess doesn't help at, at all so um before i move along let me tell you about DraftKings' new sponsor perhaps you've heard of them DraftKings. you've waited all year and the time has finally arrived college football is back and so are the traditions the tailgates and the great offers from DraftKings sports book right now new customers can score 200 dollars in bets bonus bets excuse me, instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Uh, also, I use DraftKings for all of my MLB wagering as well. And of course, they have MMA. They have every sport you need. So you can kick off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code DEGEN, D-E-G-E-N. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, of course, with code DEGEN, D-E-G-E-N. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That would be 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 1-888-789-7777. Seven, I think I told you enough sevens and not too many. Or visit ccpg.org on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. That's a good word. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms and we're also brought to you again by game time uh game time takes the stress out of you trying to buy tickets whether it's last minute tickets whether it's looking for the best deal for any popular event music comedy sports all of it they have got it for you i have checked their app and they have everything you're looking for um no matter where you are because game I mean, it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy, which is very cool. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Stag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. 
All right, maybe before we move off the main event, what do you want to see happen? You're you're uh, booking both these people, O'Malley and Sterling. I'm pro Marab Tavashvili just for the fact that he earns it and he's a fresh face. Um, so I, I'm pro that. If it were for me, I would go O'Malley versus Marab. I'd let Aljo go up, maybe not give him the title fight right away. Uh, maybe put him with Yair Rodriguez. Uh, I'll go Aljo, Yair, uh, O'Malley versus Marab. And then, um, I, you know, I hate to say Corey Sandhagen has just got to wait in the wings, but I think Corey Sandhagen has just got to wait in the wings. Should Aljo go up, though? Like he's not like he's a huge bantamweight. He is a huge bantamweight, though. That's the you thing. So? Like I know he's shorter. I guess he was, he was like, fighting a giant last night. Yeah, and he's he's only five seven. But like, dude, I, I mean, and never trust what Joe Rogan says. I can't stress this enough. But he called him the weight cutting champion of the world as he was walking into the cage, and he's not wrong. Like if you look at the difference of him on the scale versus when he's in the cage. Like, it, there's, like, grooves in between his abs that look like they go all the way back to his spine when he's cutting weight. Because he's just, like, he's shredded, but, man, is he, like, a a, a water-cut weight last 15, 20 pounds shredded. Um, so, like, I, I think, and he said himself, the weight cuts suck. He can't do them anymore at, at that level. And, you know, it's not like he's old, right? But he is 34. Like, he's up there. So, like, he's not going to be able to keep cutting that weight all that time. And there's so many contenders there. So, yeah, go up, see what you can do there. Worst case scenario, he's got to turn it back around. All right, there you go. Gumby has spoken. Let's go to the co-main event. The champ came through. This one we hit. Zhang Weili ran through Amanda Lemos. This was a horrific beatdown. 50-43, 50-44, um, We had Weili... What wasn't a, a huge stab uh, on our end by any uh, means because she was what minus? Let me grab. Do you remember what it was? Three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah. So she, it was way up there, but uh, she looked like a minus three hundred uh, favorite. So um, she looked like she a did minus it with a her, thousand favorite. <laughs> yes, she did it with her wrestling too. That may be the most impressive part. I mean, I I think so. But I even said I think on the last episode that I thought she had a wrestling advantage because the thing is, is like. I mean, she out-wrestled Carla Esparza at one point in time, and Renee got choked her. So, like, yeah, of course she's got a good wrestling in there. And I will also just say this. You know, I, I said she'd be faster. I said she'd be the better striker. I said she'd be the better wrestler. But I said the most important thing was her physicality and how much physically stronger she was than Amanda Lemos. And Lemos is used to being the stronger woman. Because when you, you just ram yourself into a bunch of striking exchanges and wind up in the clinch, you got to have a way out. And Lemos has never had a way out against bigger, stronger opponents. And and Whaley is just the biggest and strongest of those opponents. This was a mismatch. Um, it went the way I thought it would. Um, Whaley needs a Tatiana Suarez. T Tatiana Suarez needs to be next for her so that we can see what this looks like. All right. I don't even have to ask you then. That is the match to make, is it? Yeah. And I don't think there's anything much uh, much else to say about that. I mean, like, there there are other people in the division. Like, I know Yao Sh Yan Xiaonan uh, is, like, chomping at the bit. Yeah. And they, they, people seem to think that they're going to like that China versus China matchup. But I'll just say this. Yan Xiaonan versus uh, Whaley looks no different than what we saw last night. It looks, it looks exactly yeah. the same with less punching power coming the other way yep very very true so impressive performance for the champion impressive performance at welterweight ian machado gary took care of neil magny in the um in a huge blood it wasn't it was a bloody feud out of the cage 
it was not a bloody feud inside the cage. Um, he picked him apart, leg kicks. That was the story of the night for for many fights. But Machado Gary picked him apart with leg kicks. 30-26, 30, 30-24. Uh, the only critique you can say is, is he didn't uh, put Magni away. Yeah, and I didn't really like his comment afterwards either where he said, you know, I've seen people rush in and get finished rushing in. Like, I, and, and I'm going to be a little bit critical here of, of Magni. Magni on one leg is who you're worried about rushing in on. You know, Mag- Magni's never had any power punching, really, right? Like, Mag- Magni is not the first name that comes to your mind when you think knockout artist. The dude's fought almost 40 times. He's got seven knockouts. And uh, I don't know. Can you you remember him knocking anybody out? Nope. The last person he knocked the last person he knocked out's name was Craig White. Do you, do you remember Craig White? Who, who that? <laughs> no. Yeah. You have see. Yeah, it was. He took a short notice fight for the UFC uh, in in London when Magny's opponent dropped out. So like, that's the last guy Magny. So if you're worried about Magny knocking you out and going quote unquote going for it. Let me ask you, what are you going to do when you have to go for it against Vicente Luque? What are you going to do when you have to go for it against Steven Wonderboy Thompson? What are you going to do when you have to go for it against Kamara Usman? Because that's what's next. Those types of names are the guys that are next. And if you're afraid to go in on Neil Magny on one leg for fear of being knocked out, I think you're not as mentally tough as you think you are. Well, there you go. Harsh, harsh words. Um, see, I, I don't pay attention to what fighters say after the fight. So lucky Gumby's here because because he does. So, um, he he wants Wonder Boy. Apparently, do you like that? Uh, I I kind of do. Um, I get like he wants kind of a fun rangy striker. He wants to prove his striking is the best. I don't I don't know that that necessarily will do it. But like it's a it's a good hype mechanism. And right now the UFC's looking for every possible chance to trash, uh, to trash wonder boy. So, uh, they might just take him up on that offer. Yep. Would be as safe. I don't think wonder boys would, uh, has what it, what it takes to, to, uh, handle Gary at this point. So probably a safe call out for a, uh, big name. Fighter. Um, Dan waits, Maria Batista took care of Demond Blackshear, a very close fight, 29, 28, 29, 20, 30, 27. That doesn't sound like it was close with 30, 27, but it, it, was um i had batista blackshear fought very well at least he started off very well and then two weight cuts in nine days it seemed to take its toll on him because he did slow down a bit or at least that, that was the narrative um i had batista minus 205 and by the way we had gary at minus 490 great for us yeah he, he slowed down in the third for sure um i i still think he won the second deep down um and, and like if you look at the fan scores on mma decisions blackshear uh 177.7 of the second rounds um you know i i get the argument for batista but i will say my breakdown that mario batista's takedown defense is not what everybody thinks it is it could not be more clear i think he's going to run into a lot of trouble at bantamweight when he runs into some of these wrestler types and the hater once again okay we'll move on no, he 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 hasn't really fought. Um, Blackshear's the, the toughest come. Yet. That Blackshear's yeah. the come. Yeah. Yep. And uh, um, yeah, Black, Blackshear did well for himself. Uh, got himself another payday at least. And then opening fight was Bantamweight. Another close Bantamweight fight. Marlon Chito Vera, Pedro Munoz went the way we expected. Vera started off slow and then turned it on with volume uh, to end the fight. 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. I had Vera at minus one ninety. Gumby had 
was in back to back dogs, missed on them both. That was a Munoz. Yeah, and we already kind of talked about how close this one was. We yep. we can mostly just skimp over that too. Skip let, let, let over Gummy's Gummy's losses. Yeah, let's get to talking about how terrible Chris Weidman looked. Ugh, <laughs> uh, Chris, and he, he uh, didn't take his gloves off. Um, so no, he's, he's got a he's championship still... run in him, dude. He does. Dana White wants him to retire. Well, Dana, you cannot give him fights. Um, <laughs> he'd have to. He'd have to, he'd have to release yeah. him though, and then he'd be the Bellator middleweight champion tomorrow. Yeah. He <laughs> sure he would. Uh, Chris Weidman, not surprisingly, was hesitant, couldn't pull the trigger, couldn't wrestle, was taken. The wrestling, I guess, was a little surprising. He was taking horrible shots from super far away uh, at Brad Tavares. Tavares handled it easily. Leg kicks, once again. Uh, not Weidman's injured leg. Well, I, I guess yeah, that got battered too, but it was his left lead leg that got destroyed. But Brad Tavares, 30 27 across the board. I thought Tavares was going to stop him. And it did come close at. Uh, at several points in the fight. I, I didn't predict it was going to be leg kicks. I was going to stop him. I thought Weidman would get knocked out, but uh, Tavares, um, not, not, not a knock art artist and proved that last night by not being able to, to uh, put away Chris Weidman. Yeah. But Weidman looks slow. And in addition to that too, I, I think the biggest piece is, you know, like, he can't be in there with anybody who can stuff a takedown. Right. Because like, it doesn't look like he's got the gas anymore. It doesn't look like he's got the speed to get in on very many good takedowns anyway. So if you can't finish the one or two, he gets in on like, what hope does he have in Tavares? As I mentioned back on Wednesday, when we broke this fight down, Tavares is great takedown defense, like exceptional takedown defense as far as a middleweight goes. So yeah, it, it was, uh, it was clearly a performance that lets us know this is the end for Chris Weidman. But is it the end? That's the thing it should be, but will it be? That's the question. So um, more often than not, the answer is no, it will not be the uh, uh, he can get knocked out brutally. So he probably thinks he has more in the tank. Maybe he would have more of the tank if he eats fat, uses factor. Maybe he does. Um, busy fall season is just around the corner and you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam packed days when the kids are back at school and all that fun stuff. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy with your end-of-summer goals to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the shopping, preparing and cleaning up to while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy and get back to crushing your goals. Refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. Choose from 34 plus. That means more. Weekly flavor-packed dietitian-approved meals. Ready to eat in two minutes. Level up with gourmet plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Too busy running around during the day to think about lunch. Keep your energy up with lunch to go. Effortless wholesome meals with like grain bowls and salad toppers. They're ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required. Looking for calorie, calorie conscious, calorie conscious. That's that's the word. Options ahead of the busy season. Try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and, and to feel your best for the rest of summer? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 35 plus. That means more, once again, 
add-ons including breakfast items like our delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Or for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. We offset 100% of our delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for our production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in our meals. This August, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash SGPN50 and use the code SGPN50 to get 50% off that code SGPN50 at factormeals.com slash SGPN50 to get 50% off. And we are also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season right around the corner and Underdog NFL Pick'em. It's a great way to get down on your favorite over and under picks. They even got college football and NFL preseason. And of course, make sure to enter best ball maybe for or first place gets three million dollars you have an underdog pick for us dan oh cowboys yeah they're probably under that the, season when, they're probably not underdogs. That season start they're probably weeks. not underdogs in week no, one true. though they can't be they're playing the giants <laughs> that's right you can you can pick what we'll say underdog as in the the name of the company underdog instead then so cow, cowboys are the pick head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code sgpn for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to 100 bucks that's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, let's get back to the part of the card where I was killing. Gregory Hodhiguez knocked out with elbows. Dennis Tui Luilin took him down, grounded him out, minute 43 in the first round. This is the first man we're going to fire, Dennis Tui Luilin, unless uh, Chris Wyman doesn't retire. Then we're going to fire him too. We had Hodhiguez at minus 350. Yeah, Tui Luilin's ground game is atrocious. Uh, I, I mean, like this, this is what he gets for being a Russian without an, a V at the end of his name. Right. Um, yep. and, and like with the exception of his win over Gregory Pickett, which even that wasn't really impressive. Like he's looked so bad. Um, and, and he's got no ground game to speak of. So yeah, it, it's time for him to go. And it's good to see Hobocop get back on the right track too. Yes. It's always good to see uh, one of our favorites get a win. Kurt Hollibaugh, he's he could very quickly be one of our favorites. He's a, a swell guy, and he won the tough lightweight championship last night over Austin Hubbard. Very slick uh, jiu-jitsu on the ground, uh, 239 in the second round. Ended up with a triangle choke, but he was uh, rolling and, and uh, looking for, for lots of uh, submissions on Austin Hubbard. And ended up getting the job done. We had Hollibaugh as our underdog, plus 150. One yeah, of the few underdogs. I only had two underdogs in the card, and I hit this one. Yeah, rear naked choke to the armbar to the triangle. Um, very, very slick. And and also, let's just say he he was also putting it on Hubbard on the feet. You know, I said it, and the reason I felt good about him was that fight with Jason Knight. It, it really felt like he had turned a corner with his striking. And I think a lot of people forgot that this guy is somebody who knocked down Shane Burgos, uh, a ranked ranked featherweight when he was with the UFC not that long ago. So like. I mean, I guess it was over two years ago, but like he knocked him down. His hands are good. Uh, he clearly showed that here. It's a little upsetting that he's getting his third kick at the can in the UFC at kind of a little bit more of an advanced age and a division where advanced age doesn't hold up. But hey, it, his skills play. It, you know, if he's beating Hubbard, Hubbard's better than a lot of lightweights in the UFC right now anyway. So, you know, I, I think Hollabaugh could go on a, I'm not going to say a run to the top 15 here, but he could just definitely stick around the UFC for like, 
you know, six or seven more fights before he decides it's time to go rather than the UFC does. And there you go. Gumby knows what my follow-up questions are always going to be, and he answered it. So congratulations, Kurt Hollibaugh. Bracketona, double tough champion. Um, he, he at least put that on his mantle. Uh, he won the Bantamweight crown this time over Cody Gibson. Unanimous decision, 29-28, 29-28, uh, Ended up, Gibson ended up tiring out and stayed in his face. Really good scrap, fight of the night, worthy scrap. We had Katona at minus 182 because he's so lovable. Yeah, no, his post-fight interview made me wish that I didn't listen to post-fight interviews like you. Um, because, man, was this... He very clearly decides he has, like, a narrative that he wants to push. And uh, his narrative that he was going to push is that the octagon makes him feel like home. And then he just, like, tried to jam that metaphor in there so freaking hard. Did, you, you haven't heard any of this, I'm assuming. No, um, no, I haven't. Yeah, he tried to jam this, like, narrative through so hard that he, like, ran out of things to say because he wound up just repeating that this octagon feels like home. And then clearly he was trying to expand on it but didn't have, like, a way of expanding on it. And he was, like, shoehorning it in every answer. And then he was like, the canvas feels so soft between my toes. Uh, and I was like, this is the uh. cringiest. Yeah, this is the cringiest shit I've ever heard. So, uh, yeah, no, he's insufferable. And also... I will just say, like, in no offense to Cody Gibson, because Cody Gibson, uh, you know, 35 years old, trying to make it back to the UFC, you know, similar kind of story as Kurt Hollibaugh, where he's had some chances, and it's been a long time since he had chances. Did you know he actually debuted against Aljamain Sterling? They were each other's first fight in the UFC, Cody Gibson. Um, but anyway, uh, that's the, the sidebar there. But, like, you know, no offense to Cody Gibson, but Cody Gibson lost a fight on the regional scene not that long ago to Ray Borg. Because Ray Borg was too much wrestling for him. And so if Ray Borg, a former flyweight, uh, who is who is definitely way past his prime, had no trouble wrestling you, or at least no trouble enough to win a decision wrestling you. And now Brad Katona, whose thing is kind of like that he's a grinder, like only won because you tired out. And he couldn't get a takedown. Like, he he could not have been farther from a takedown at any point in time. Like, even when it looked like he got the legs, he had no... Like, it looked like he had nothing for him. Like, Katona is going to get eaten up by this Bantamweight division. Like, I'd take... Would you not there take you DeMond... Would you, question would you, Yeah, would you not take DeMond Blackshear to beat the hell out of him tomorrow? Yeah, at this point. Especially yeah. tomorrow, because Katona yeah. got beat up. Yeah, yeah. And Black Blackshear can fight on seven days' notice. We learned that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Hubbard or Gibson, neither of them are going to get uh, signed anyhow, are they? You know, I really wish they'd give him one more, um, uh, especially, you know, and again, no offense to Cody Gibson, especially Hubbard. Hubbard's only 31. And like I said, I think he's better than lightweights. I think he'd win fights in the lightweight division. So maybe they give him another fight um, being like uh, he's not completely past his prime. Gibson, unfortunately, I think like, you know, at 35 years old, having not been in the UFC for a while, he's not one in two in his last three with a loss to Katona and Borg. And I just said, I'm way lower on Katona than I am on Halabaugh. Uh Yeah. Like I, I just, I, I don't know what he can do at Bantamweight where there's like a thousand like young killers right there. Yep. It is true. Um, all righty. What do we have next Gumby? Let me call it up here. Let me remember. Um, oh yeah. Early prelims. Andre Petrovsky got the win, but uh, barely got the win, and this was not uh, good for his development. This fight, he didn't 
not look good against Joe Mearshart. Ended up when you split decision, 28-29, 29-28, 29-28. Petrovsky, one of our, our golden boys. I don't know uh, how long that'll last. We had him at minus 225. He also was my lock. Yeah, did not look good. Was flailing on the feet. I guess he, he thought that he was going to be able to tag Mearshart, but not the way he was, he was fighting. He wasn't going to, but yeah. Not a good fight. A very middleweight fight, I said in the Discord. So I don't think it was the best fight in the world, but I'll, I'll buck what you said there about him not that not being good for his development. I, I think him fighting a guy who can grapple really well and then having to ask himself, what else do I have, is great for your development. Because like all his career, he's been able to bulldoze somebody and beat the piss out of him on the mat. And anytime he got on top of Mearshart, which he, he did a couple of times here, or it's worth noting, Mearshart's got butterfly hooks. Mearshart's got threats off of his back. Mearshart's got stuff for him. And so he asked to, had to ask himself, what else do I have? And what else do I have is right now, not the most polished thing on the feet, right? Like I, th- I think we all learned he was a little bit sloppy on the feet, but at the same time, I think he got the better of most of those striking exchanges with Gerald Mearshart, who, yeah, he's a grappler, but he's also like a, you know, a, a multiple time veteran uh, time over and over and over and over and over again, right? Like this guy made it to the UFC all the way back in 2016. He's been there for seven years at this point. So like, yeah, like maybe, uh, maybe Gerald Mearshart is not, uh, not the, the toughest guy for him to be getting a split decision over, by the way, should have been unanimous, very clear. He won round one and two. Um, but at the same time, like, I think it was good for his development. All right. There you go. So you're still on the mirror on the Petrosky train. I guess it depends who they match him up with next. Yeah. And I think it depends on what he does when he goes back to his gym next. Like if he yep. decides like, I need to work on these hands, I need to get my striking to the Joe Pfeiffer level. Cause right. He trains with Joe Pfeiffer. Joe Pfeiffer is like his number one training partner, him and Sean Brady. And like, if he continues to be more like Sean Brady and not fine tune his hands, like Pfeiffer clearly has, he will hit a ceiling. But if he starts to iron all of the, out all of those other things, which he learned he might need to do here, I think it'll be fine. All right. And then opening up two women's flyweight fights, both the Silvas won. We were in on one of them. Uh, Silvas may be taking over this division soon because these uh, both these ladies look very good. Natalia Silva put it on Andrea Lee, 30-27 across the board, and then gave a Amanda Hebos-esque uh, post-fight interview, which is always uh, fun to see. We had Silva at minus 350. Yeah, she was she was great. Uh, she made Andrea Lee look like she doesn't belong in there for sure. Um, Maybe she know. doesn't belong anymore anymore. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's starting to get that way, right? Um, but also, like, I I would have liked to see a finish. She did have her wobbled a couple of times, but she she looked fantastic. Um, I'm a lot higher on. I was going in. I am coming out. I am a lot higher on uh, Natalia Silva than I am on Karini. All right, tell us about Karini. She took care of Marina Moros. She guillotined Shelter with the second left in the first round, which was a bummer for us because we were in on Moros as an underdog here. I think if Moros holds on for that second, she wins the fight. Um, you, you think she'd uh, she'd out um, out cardio her the rest of the fight? I don't know that she'd out cardio her, but I think she had more tools for her ultimately, right? Like she, okay. I, I was going to score that first round for Moros. Um, guillotine attempt, notwithstanding, obviously, because, uh, you know, the guillotine attempt finishing the fight obviously takes precedent here. But like before that, it looked like Moreau's looked better on the feet. 
It looked like Morales looked better. I mean, she was better in the wrestling, and that's kind of what I thought she was going to do. And as long as she stayed away from the submissions, she'd be fine. She stayed away from the submissions for four minutes and 59 seconds. I, I know that it's a different mindset when you're in there and you don't know how much time you have and only they maybe have a better idea than we do. But, like, man, one second and she was not out. And, like, I, I really would have liked to see what that second round looked like. Because also, like, who knows? Karina Silva's a buff chick. Like, she could have just absolutely gassed herself out there. Yep. So if the two Silvas match up, then we're going with Natalia, right? For sure. And they won't match them up because they're both hyped Brazilian no. prospects. That, that they're uh, Hopefully they're, they're on an upward trajectory to start fighting some uh, Joe Calderwoods and some uh, Lauren Murphys of the division. Yep. Sounds good to me. So that concluded the event. I went 10 and 2. I only whiffed on the main event and the curtain jerker. I won 300 bucks. I'm at 59% on the year now, so I'm getting back up to that 60 minimum 60 I want to be at. Gumby's moving up too. He's at 55% after going eight and four last night, and only losing three dollars. So bravo. Um, I hit my lock, Petrosky. I hit my dog, Holaba. I missed my prop. It was Zhang via not TKO or knockout? Uh, Gumby missed his lock. Aljo missed his dog, Moroz, but hit his prop at Magni. Fight uh, Ian Gary Machado. Ian Machado Gary, excuse me. Fight going over one and a half. He hit that at minus one sixty-five, and we whiffed on both halves of the Hungry Man Jong. But it happens. It happens. It altogether, happens. altogether, good night. It was. Was it a good night in the Discord? I, I was there for the first, you know, early part of the prelims, and then I had, and then I had to dip out. Was it a good night for the boys? You know, they, they seem to all be having a good time with the exception of some people who went pretty heavy on Aljo at the end. I will, uh, I will openly admit oh, I had yeah. a little bit, a little bit harder time following along last night. I was, uh, I was on some, <laughs> I'll, I'll just close this in the episode. I was on some medication <laughs> for, uh, for a pretty, uh, severe allergic reaction to some bee sting. I spent like, uh, three and a half hours in the ER prior to fight night. So, uh, I was in a, in an altered state and not because of, of beverage choices on my behalf. It was, uh, due to IVs and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was not in there as often as I usually am. So there, you people should be thankful, especially thankful that Gumby is alive and doing this episode with us. We could have, that could have been it. Episode 400 could have been the end, Dan. Yeah, that would have, that would have been a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably like, like 50 hours get to a hospital you living in the boonies too so you're lucky you came through we actually with surprisingly we have a ton of hospitals around here i think it's because there's like some colleges in the area i live uh so they know they gotta oh, have okay. they gotta know they gotta have a bunch of hospitals around here <laughs> it's true it's true all right so we're thankful gummy's alive and we're thankful the fc is back again this coming saturday the sickles and discord are probably especially thankful this one starts at what like 2 a.m eastern or something like that uh, I think I saw 5 a.m. Eastern is the prelims. 8 a.m. Eastern is the main card. Okay. Okay. Uh, and it is because it's going down in Singapore, the Singapore Indoor Stadium in Kalang, Singapore. It is UFC on ESPN. Holloway versus the Korean Zombie, a banger of a main event. Too bad it's starting at such a uh, such an unfortunate time for us spoiled North Americans. Uh, main event is Max Holloway versus Chen Sung Jung, a.k.a. The Korean Zombie. We got Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spam, which normally that would be the that would be the main event the UFC would be giving us on a, a normal fight night card. Who's this guy? Giga Chikaze. Apparently, he must be a new fighter. He's fighting Alex Caceres. Uh Rinya Nakamura. 
off road to UFC. We're a fan of Renya, right? Yeah, he's a, beast. Garcia. he's a beast. <laughs> he is. We're also a fan of Aaron Blanchfield. She's fighting Talia Santos. Then we got Junior Toffa, Parker Porter. Um, maybe uh, I want to say that's a banger of a main main card, but I don't want to say that right after the Toffa Porter fight. But it is a banger of a main card. And then the prelims: Waldo Cortez Acosta, Lucas Brezki, Toshiomi Kazama, Garrett Armfield, Chidian Jikuwani, Mikhail Olasechuk, Song Kinan, Rolando Bedoya, Billy Goff, Yusaku Kinoshita, the Dragon Girl, Lian Na versus J.J. Aldridge, and Sung Woo Choi versus Jarno Aarons. Thoughts? Sick card. I, I can't believe this is like a fight night card. Um, you know, I got a little lackluster on the main event, but only because it's one-sided. Like, Chan Sung Jung shouldn't be in there with Max Holloway. That's stupid. Um, but, like, Giga Chikadze coming back and matching him up with Caceres is awesome. You know, Blanchfield getting that test in Santos, who can test her grappling, getting to see Nakamura back. Parker Porter versus Junior Tapa. I know you laughed at that, but he was knocked out by Justin Tapa. So why not find out something? You know, can he can he fix what he yep. needs to against the brother, which is kind of a fun little narrative there. I mean, I've always been a Chidi and Jikawani fan. Um, I like that Kinoshita is getting another shot here because he was uh, he was super fun on Contender Series and kind of let us down against Adam Fugit. Um, so like there, there are a lot of fun ones. I, I'm really happy that they gave Toshiomi Kazama an extra fight because he actually lost in the finale of Road to the UFC. He lost to uh, Rinya Nakamura. Um, and he lost in 33 seconds, but he had looked really good in his other fight on road to the UFC. So they brought him back for another one. So I'm pumped about that. Um, Aldridge versus Naliang, kind of a sleeper good fight too. Yeah, there's there's lots to like on this one. And Aaron Blanchfield's on it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, like I said, that, that goes without saying. Aaron Blanchfield, it's yes. so much fun to watch. Yep. So there you go. We, we'll, we'll be back getting that into your ear holes this coming Wednesday and Thursday, but first we have the contender series week three. This is Gummy's resurrection week. Um, we're going to be doing that very, very shortly. It'll be in your ears any minute. Maybe it's even in, in your feed as we speak. So take a peek at that. Uh, we'll also be hanging out in the Discord uh, if Gummy's not dying uh, in the hospital somewhere. It's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Uh, Twitter, SGPN MMA. Jeff Fox Writer and Gumby Vreeland are the handles. Jeff Fox Writer is my handle on Instagram as well. Well, I got my moneymma.substack.com where you can subscribe, get all my MMA writings and podcasts in your inbox and enter my weekly pick'em contest. And the Gummy has got the Top Turtle MMA podcast, a podcast without me on it, which is a bonus for, for most of you people. And obviously all the things good in the sports gambling world can be found at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We'll be back very, very shortly. It'll be the Young Punisher, Jeff Fox, and the Haitian Sensation. I'll be really bringing you the Contender Series Week 3. 